listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Let's be clear. This holiday season can be really tough on you if you're in the middle of a marriage crisis. I hear kind of the gathering of the anxiety as November approaches most years, and certainly by the time we're into December, people are talking to me about their anxiety and their grief, because that's what gets stirred by the season. Part of the reason is because we expect something else from the holidays. There's so much buildup to that. There's so much of the messaging in our culture about how we're supposed to be happy and have these great times together. In fact, For years, when I was doing family therapy, I could face the fact that right before the holidays and right after the holidays, I would be dealing with people getting ready to go back to their families and recovering from having been with their families, partly because we kind of shove all of our expectations of family happiness right into this holiday season that even if we haven't been happy the rest of the year, suddenly it becomes very poignant this time of year. It's very difficult for people who are in the middle of uh, a family dispute to uh, deal with that because they have these expectations that haven't been true all year long suddenly being siphoned into this one moment, maybe this one dinner, maybe this one weekend. Well, the same is kind of true for people who are in the middle of a crisis of their marriage. There also are feelings that are aroused by that hopefulness and sometimes even fear and dread over what might happen. So today I want to talk a little bit about the holiday hurt and your continued effort in spite of that holiday hurt. Grief is part of this process. You know, holidays are stressful times even at their very best, but complicated when grief comes into the process. Now, the interesting thing about grief is that grief really touches all of our losses. We don't ever quite finish our grief. If you've ever been to a funeral and you notice that the people at that funeral are talking about all of the other funerals and losses, when they think back, you recognize that they are still processing those other funerals and losses along the way. And the fact is that when we are in grief, We are in some ways talking about grief after grief. If you're involved in a marriage crisis, that might include it reactivating old griefs about the relationship, old losses in the relationship, old frustrations in the relationships, unmet needs, unmet expectations that float around. And so when we get to a place that particularly highlights the grief, those other unresolved griefs kind of bubble to the surface. And they complicate more of the grief. This is certainly true when we're looking at the holidays and a marital crisis or or marital hurt. One of the things that happens that people tell me that they're grieving is the missing traditions. It could be that one or the other parent is going to be doing those traditions. And a lot of times it could be that there are just not going to be traditions happening at all. The holidays are so full of tradition for most people that when a tradition is missing, it creates its own grief, not only its own grief, but its own kind of a loss of that feeling of the holiday. And it can be something small. It could be a dinner. It could be 
just a trip to see the lights or decorating the tree or buying gifts together or some other piece that may seem like just a piece of life, but when it's not there, it's not a piece of life. It's a missing tradition, a loss of what's been there. So we have missing traditions that often bring in this grief. Sometimes we have missing time with family. And it comes in so many different levels. So sometimes it's missing time that we might have with kids who are now spending time with another parent. It could be not spending time with the in-laws that you're used to and have known for years as family. It could be not having time with your spouse uh, to go to some of the events that you may have gone to. But that part of that process brings up these missing times and missing traditions. And at the same time, here we are inundated with images of happy families. Whether that's true or not, the images are there. All you have to do is turn on the TV and watch the happy movies and watch the Hallmark Channel for how things always work out in spite of the challenges along the way that throw people off. And in the end, everything happens so well. So we're surrounded by that in media. And we're surrounded by that by going to events where it seems like all the families are happy. We tend to forget what happens behind closed doors in any other family, and we only focus on what we don't have. So we notice those images all the time, and they're poignantly painful for many people when they're in a marriage crisis. Now, a couple of things are true, though, about the holidays that I think you can use as pivot points. One is a way to kind of try to move things towards the relationship, and the other is what you can do for yourself. You see, the holidays bring out the opportunity to connect. And so this opportunity is something you don't want to lose. If you're trying to reconnect, and my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the midst of trying to reconnect with a spouse. The holidays are a great opportunity, brings in great opportunities for reconnecting. There are events that are open. There is openness to that, the holiday warmth that both of you might have an easier time getting along with each other and having pleasant experiences. So we have these events, whether it's school events or places where the kids want both parents or maybe just things that you do year after year that are easier to click into. You know, sometimes a spouse who won't do much the rest of the time will do it for the sake of the holidays, for the sake of the kids, for the sake of tradition. Don't miss those opportunities. Those events can be lifelines back to connecting with a spouse because that holiday warmth is there. Many times when we have some experience, it rubs off on who we're with at that experience. If we go somewhere and we have a terrible time at that event, even if it has nothing to do with the person we're with, Sometimes that rubs off, but there's the halo effect in the other way, that if we're somewhere and and we have a great time at the event, for things that have nothing to do with the person you're with, it rubs off, the halo effect rubs off. It makes them look better, and that can be true in a holiday experience. So if you go to an experience that's full of the warmth of the holidays and brings back all those memories and traditions, the halo effect is true there too. It can feel more connecting than was really in the relationship. And use that to your advantage. Make sure that if there are events that you can bring in, that you allow that to happen because of the possibility of that holiday warmth that comes through and the memories and the traditions that it, it elicits. 
if you and your spouse have for years done that exact same thing, and you and your spouse and your kids for years have done that exact same thing, going back to that brings back those, those memories. And the cool thing about human existence is that we tend to forget the painful parts of those memories in those kinds of events, and we remember the happier times. So use that to your advantage. The holidays can be an opportunity to connect. The problem is you've got to step out of your own pain in order to do that. If you allow the pain of the holidays, the grief of the holidays to lead, you're going to have a harder time doing that. I'm going to get to the guidelines I want to propose in just a minute. But first, I want to step into another piece that's very important about these holidays. And that is for you to de- to mind the deeper meaning of the holidays. Remember, holidays is just a quick way of saying holy days, holiday, holy days. And sometimes we forget that because you know we say it so often. The holiday is often time away from work, or it's often some you know kind of cultural event or religious event. But we forget that the deeper place of that is the holy day of that. And so the important thing is for you to look for those deeper places, to allow them to nurture your heart, your soul, and to think about these on a couple of different levels. There is both the spiritual level and the religious level. The religious level is something that is often obvious if you have a religious background. You know the religious significance of the holidays. But sometimes we miss that spiritual piece. We can get caught up in the religious pieces of that and miss the separate depth of meaning for ourselves. Religious is more about a large group of people and the beliefs of that large group. Uh, Religio, the term, means to control. And so religions have a way of controlling their belief system. And so sometimes we get so wrapped up into what the holidays say based on religious stuff that we miss what the holidays are telling us as individuals in our spiritual life. Both are important. If your leanings are religious, make sure that you grasp the deeper pieces of those holidays based on that religion. But all of us have a spiritual side too. And and so it's not if you're spiritual. Your spiritual side can be nurtured in these times because they speak to a deeper human place that relates to all of us. Whatever the holiday is, it has a deeper spiritual wealth to it. We can spend some time reflecting and celebrating in spite of the grief. In fact, if you think about it, most of the underpinnings of those uh, holidays that we have now kind of made it as family really are about struggle and perseverance and possibility. That they bring us something that has nothing to do with how a family tradition is or what we're uh, doing with our decorations or our gifts or anything else. And they have everything to do with a deeper meaning anyway. So part of our task is to get back to that to rediscover those deeper places where it nurtures us as as people, as individuals. It nurtures our soul. It nurtures our heart. It enlarges our heart and our soul to encompass more love in the world. That's the spiritual message of the holidays. The religious part tells us about the beginnings and, and the process of a religion. But the deeper levels are there for you always. 
and those holy days. So what are the guidelines for putting these two pieces together? Because what we're now trying to do is pull away from the grief process. Not that there's not grief there, but to pull away from how that could dominate us to get to something that might be helpful. So there's the holiday hurt, that's the grief, and then there's the effort. That's your continuing effort, even not in spite of the holidays, but because of the holidays and with the holidays to find some movements forward for your relationship. So number one, don't lead with grief. Lead with meaning. Many times I watch as people try to connect with a spouse with the holidays, but they lead with their grief, their hurt and their pain, and how it's unfair that they you know, can't have these family traditions. And so what ends up coming across to the spouse is more about pain and neediness than about connection. So don't lead with your grief. It's not that the grief's not there, but express that somewhere else. Get some processing of that somewhere else. Lead with the meaning. The meaning might be, what would this mean for the kids? It may mean, look at what this has meant all of these years. It may mean, this is what this means for me now. But there is a deeper meaning you can lead with that is likely to be more inviting than leading with your grief. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that you don't have grief. I'm saying that what you express as the beginning point, what you lead with toward a spouse is with that meaning. The second thing is don't push. Invite. In fact, that is one of my bigger themes in how you connect with your spouse. Many times when I'm talking with people, I'm helping them to understand how they've been pushing a spouse. They're trying to pull a spouse to them and push a spouse into a process rather than inviting them. So instead of kind of demanding that you do something as a family, the demanding the family time, invite that. Instead of demanding that both people be at an event, invite that. Point to why you would like that, but don't try to push that. Don't try to shame the other person into being there. Simply invite the process of connection into the holiday season. Number three, refill your heart and soul. This is really is a time, an opportunity. Every holiday has a renewal process to it. Something new is coming into the world. That's what, that's what the religious and spiritual significance is. And so let that fill your heart and soul. Let that refill you. So many times when I talk with people, when I'm coaching with people who are working on their relationship, they're completely depe- depleted. They have nothing else in there. They've depleted it all in their efforts. And this is a chance to step back and be a wash in the love and be a wash in the renewal that is represented in these holidays, to find people that renew that, to find events that help renew that, to maybe go to a concert or a play or go somewhere that can be renewal, which in one of those I'm going to talk about in just a minute. So while you're doing that, number four, the fourth guideline is self-care. It's interesting to me how these holidays have these opportunities for our souls and our hearts to grow and stretch and be refilled. And we often um, gum them up <laughs> with how we don't take care of ourselves. So many people over the holiday seasons will stop sleeping well because they're busy running around. They'll stop, ex- stop exercising because there's only so much time in a the day. They'll stop eating well because there's so many opportunities for eating rich, unhealthy foods that they don't focus on making sure that they're fueling their body. 
They try to do everything, so they stress themselves out. What's more important during this time is to make sure that you are taking care of your most important tool, you. Making sure that you're getting adequate rest. Making sure that you're eating well. That doesn't mean you don't take part in some treats, but you make sure that you're also nurturing and nourishing your body with good stuff. You make sure that you get some exercise. This is not the hibernation time. This is the time to make sure that we're continuing to take care of that and that you regulate your own calendar. There are way more opportunities than there are times on your calendar. So pick and choose which ones make the most sense. And that leads to my fifth guideline. Be of service and purpose. Make sure that you're focusing on that. If you can't be of service and purpose in your relationship, you can always do that by going somewhere else and helping other people. I had someone who told me how lonely the holidays were. And I asked, where are you volunteering? Where are you helping people who are less fortunate than you? And the person said, no, I was meaning I wanted to be with family. And I said, yeah, but I think that if you try some other places, you might realize that the loneliness is something that we do have a choice about. This person served Thanksgiving dinner at a homeless shelter and is planning on doing Christmas Eve at another homeless shelter and is finding places of being of service and purpose. And I want to be clear, the being of service and purpose does not mean that you have to go to some shelter. We can all be of service and purpose wherever we want to find it. The question is, can we look for it? Can we identify it? And can we act towards it? This is a holiday season. It's upon us. <laughs> it's, we're in the middle of it. We're in the thick of it at this point. That brings with it some grief when things aren't where you want it to be. But it also brings forward opportunities. There's the opportunity you have to connect over those holiday pieces. Don't lose it. Don't miss out on the opportunities to connect because you let your grief block you from doing that or let your grief lead as you're in the relating, the connecting with your spouse. In the same time, find that deeper meaning. Mine the holidays for the holiness that's there that nurtures you and feeds you in your spiritual and your religious elements so that you are reflecting and celebrating in ways that have nothing to do with your relational pieces, but it's an inner piece of truth for you, an inner place of truth for you. And as you do that, make sure that you do take care of yourself, that you allow your heart and soul to be filled, but you take care of yourself along the way, and that you make sure that you are of service and purpose. If this has been helpful, but you're not quite sure what to do overall, if you're still kind of lost and wondering what to do, please grab the Save the Marriage system. You can go to savethemarriage.com, savethemarriage.com. If you're also interested in why things got into trouble, my new book, Marriage Fail Point, points to the fact that there are a couple of central reasons that marriages fail, the point when they fail. You can find that by just doing a quick search on Amazon. If you go to uh, Amazon, just look up my name and you'll find Marriage Fail Point. It's available as a Kindle book. It's a, it's a short read, something that'll get you going very quickly. Or you can find it in, if you'd rather have it in print, you can find that too. But that book is called Marriage Fail Point. And this is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you move through the holidays and use the hurt, but you don't let it capture you. You find your effort. Best wishes as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, 
please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.